You know, the Lord tells us to be faithful in season, out of season. When it seems like everything's going great or when it's going bad. Uh, God has required of you and I to be found what? Faithful. Just faithfully do what you can with what you have where you are. And there's some days it seems like, man, the sky's the limit. Then sometimes it looks like you're below the surface of the ground. And a grave is nothing but a, a ditch that's open on both sides and you just walk in slowly. So anyway, we have the responsibility. Look in verse 6. The husbandmen that laboreth must be first partakers of the fruit. In other words, now this is a, a person who does, you know, sowing and reaping. Somebody that takes care of the vines. Somebody who has some fruit that they're concerned about. Uh, you and I ought to understand that there's a great responsibility that we have to sow the seed, which is the Word of God. And if we sow the seed, you and I, we should expect to reap. We should expect results. But the results are not what we're judged by. God is going to reward us for the sowing. We're not responsible whether or not people come in. We can't make a person trust the Lord. When you and I get to heaven, is, did, did you sow the seed? Did you, did you sow the seed? You see, one sows, one waters. God's the one that gives the increase. God's the one that saves the soul. I've never saved a soul. You've never saved a soul. The teenagers go out on Friday night soul winning. They've never saved anybody. The Lord saved them, but they sowed the seed. You and I are supposed to sow the seed. So, yes, there is a responsibility that God's given to each and every one of us to be a husbandman, to take and not only produce the fruit, but be concerned about the fruit that we have. I should be concerned about the people in the church. He should be concerned about the teenagers. And the reform is unanimous. I want everybody responsible for somebody. The question is, who are you responsible for? Is there anybody that you, you watch and guard and try to protect and help and encourage or you don't really have anybody? Who's the individual that's serving the Lord today because of you? Can you find an individual who is serving the Lord because of you? Do you think you should have anybody? How much time do you need? You see... It would be wonderful, but it's something we strive for. But the numbers is not in our control. But we are to be found faithful, and God says to go forth weeping, bearing precious seed, and you shall doubtless come again rejoicing. Uh, I believe when he talked about go forth weeping, it means all the heartache and the problems that you may have to go through to reach a person. Because every time I witness to somebody, I'm not crying. I want to take this truck. <laughs> so why are you crying? Well, that's the only way I can do it. <laughs> I got to cry. No. It's some of the heartache and the problems you go through to be found faithful, to keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. And God says, sooner or later, you'll reap. And the fruit that you have is so enjoyable. And God says, must be first partakers of the fruit. See this in verse 6? He says, uh, be first partakers of the fruit. You see, the fruit, when you have fruit, it, it becomes something that you enjoy. Something you enjoy. I enjoy giving the gospel. I enjoy when I see people trust the Lord. 
The Bible talks about, I have no greater joy than to see that my people or my children walk in truth. First John 2. I have no greater joy than know my people walk in truth. So you have a joy, and it's the people that you reach, the ones that you train, lives that have been affected because of you. Uh, this is why we win soul. This is why we teach the Word of God. This is why you're to be an example on your job, at home, with anybody you can. You are to use and allow the Lord to use the power of influence of your life in other people. Now look what he says. He makes a statement in verse 7, consider what I say. Think about it. Think about it. And the Lord give thee understanding in all things. And then he tells them, there's something I want you to remember. And then I got something I want you to endure, down in verse 10. Because there's all kinds of things that you have to go through. And you may not enjoy all of these. Down in verse 12, there's something you may have to suffer. Well, but always understanding that he abideth faithful. He cannot and will not deny himself. You see, what if I don't do all of this? Am I still saved? Yeah. I'm still saved. And if I even get to where I deny the Lord the right to use me for his honor and glory. Now, he can't deny himself. He still knows me even when I don't want to claim him. And that's the foundation that we have. See there in verse 21 or verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. Does God know you? Do you know the Lord? Now, the knowledge that you have about God is supposed to do something to us in our life. Now, the next thing is that you and I are supposed to be students, students of the Word of God. Because, see, you're, you're not going to be a good son and grow correctly without knowing the will of the Father. And, and you're not going to be a very good, uh, you know, soldier if you don't know the rules, man. You don't know what you're supposed to do or not do. You don't know how to fight the battle. So you've got to study the Word of God in order to know all of these things. And you have to know the Word of God to know how to wrestle against the devil and the things of this life, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. There's all kind of things you and I have to, have to fight against. And then to be a good vineman, somebody knows how to produce the fruit, learning how to win souls, how to protect yourself so that you're not caught by every wind of doctrine that comes along. So all these things are important. And as he says up here in verse 15, look in verse 15. He says, study, so that means you're to be a student. Every one of God's children should study. Study the word of God. Now, in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says that studying is a weariness of the flesh. If you don't, if you, I should say, if you have a problem going to sleep at night, Read the word. You'll get real sleepy. Because the devil don't want you to, you know, study the word, so he'll let you go to sleep. But learn the word of God. Study to show thyself a workman. 
So you and I know that we're supposed to be a workman, working for the Lord. So you study what the Word of God says, and he says here in verse 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word. Rightly dividing the Word of truth. And there's some things that you and I are not supposed to do. Because, see, if you're trying to build yourself up strong, there's some things that you should not do. In other words, if you want to improve your health, there are certain foods that you ought to eat, and there's probably some foods that you ought not eat. Now, this is a dangerous territory to get into. If you really want to make people mad, talk about what you eat and don't eat. But anyway, you and I know that if you want to, for example, lose some weight, uh, there's certain things that you have to do. And uh, like this one person, we're pretty large, and they went to the doctor and it says, um, uh, if I get this uh, liposuction, he says, uh, how, how much is that going to set me back? He, he says, about three feet. But, um, there's a, but there's a price to pay. Everybody has to determine for themselves just what you want for yourself. When it comes to spirituality, you can't feed yourself the food from the Word of God and then feast upon the flesh. It won't work that way. In other words, you cannot feed upon the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and expect to be spiritually strong. You can't go to church on Sunday and get spiritually fed and then eat junk food from the world the rest of the week and expect to be strong. You need to feed upon the Word of God all the time, all the time. Every day you should be running Scripture through your mind. Because if you're a child of the king, you should use the language of the court. You should know how to use the Word of God. A workman, rightly dividing the Word of God. You should know how to use the Bible. You can have a knowledge of the Bible, but not a working knowledge of the Bible. You can know every salvation verse and not know how to use them. You can know all kinds of verses in the Bible about serving the Lord, but know how, don't know how to put it together to help somebody. Because, see, there's the difference between having, it's like having some tools, you know, to build a house. You got the tools, but you don't know how to use them. It's one thing to have knowledge, but not a working knowledge. The knowledge doesn't work for you. Wisdom is knowing how to take knowledge and apply it to experience. And so you're not wise just because you know the Word of God. You're wise when you apply the Word of God and rightly dividing it. So this is what God wants. But there's other things that you have to watch that you don't destroy what you're trying to build. Hold your place right there. Look there in the book of Galatians. Just turn over there to the book of Galatians real quick. And notice in Galatians in chapter 2, because if you don't get it, you'll wind up repeating it and not knowing that you're doing it. See there in verse 17? Now verse 16 tells us that, yes, you are saved by faith and faith alone in Christ alone, and that you're justified by the Lord and not by the works of the flesh. So in verse 17, but if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners, 
Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I, and here are those two words, build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. If I am seeking to be saved by my works, but I say I'm trusting in the Lord. Well, why am I trying to save myself or keep myself saved by my works? Because by trusting Christ, I just destroyed the purpose of the law on me in the sense that I have fulfilled the law and the law can't touch me because I'm dead to the law. If I'm dead to the law, why am I placing myself back under the law if I'm dead to the law? Because the law can't touch a dead man. So to live under the law, trying to be justified by the law, is to build something again that was destroyed. So here in 2 Timothy, in chapter 2, he says in verse 17, excuse me, verse 16, shun profane and vain babblings. They will increase unto more ungodliness. That works contrary to what you're supposed to do. See, all these other things we mentioned, this is what you're to do. Well, then, there's some things that will hinder you from doing that. So, I don't like to always tell people, you know, what kind of music to listen to. I just try to use a simple little gauge for myself. It should be to the Lord, for the Lord, and about the Lord. And so, it shouldn't be unclean. It should not be immoral and so forth. So there's certain things that will help you to think right so that you can be stronger. You can listen to other kind of things that makes you think wrong. So music can determine how a man thinks. And so if you want to make somebody mad, start telling them what music they can and cannot listen to. Because people often think, well, it's my business. I'll do whatever I want to do. You mind yours and I'll mind mine. And yet there's certain music that will destroy you spiritually because it feeds the flesh. So can you discern for yourself the kind you should that will build you spiritually and the kind that will destroy you? When we had a college, I used to tell the teenagers, this is the way it is. And there's things you will listen to and there's things you will not listen to as long as I'm the president of the college. Because I don't want to build you up here and then you destroy yourself over here. Why should I waste my time? I have discerned over a few years what builds and what destroys. But people need to learn their own discernment. If you come long enough, you should be able to take the Word of God and say, you know, uh, this is what I'm listening to and this isn't right. This is not going to build me stronger in the Lord. It doesn't matter if you enjoy it. It doesn't matter if, well, it's what I like. How does it help you spiritually? What does it cause you to think? So there's other issues involved that you may not want to think about because, well, it's, I've been doing it all my life, and I'm not going to change. Okay, you do whatever you want. But there's a God in heaven that knows you could have been a lot spiritually stronger than you have been. And then maybe some of the problems that you have in your life is because you're not thinking spiritually because of what you feed your mind. Same thing can happen on television, movies, all these things. There's no limit to it. But you know as a wrestler, there's something trying to pin you down. And you want to be wiser. So he says here in verse 18, who concerning the truth have erred. So they knew the truth, 
but they've erred from the truth, and they're saying things that is not true. How would you know if it's not true if you don't know the Word of God? So it's the will of God that you study the Word of God so that you can make wise decisions, so you can discern. And that's why he makes the statement there in the last part of verse 19, let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Turn from sin. Every child of God should, because see, sin will keep you from being the kind of a son you ought to be. Sin will keep you from being the kind of a soldier you ought to be, the kind of a wrestler you ought to be, the kind of a husbandman you ought to be. All these things, the student, everything is affected because of sin. Betty's dad had in his flyleaf of his Bible, this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. Sin will keep you from this book, or this book will keep you from sin. So you've got to make up your mind. Do you want to be a stronger Christian? Then you shouldn't always be saying, well, I don't see anything wrong with this. I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, but what does God see? You see, the issue is not what you see. It's what God says. And you try to make decisions. Now, is this going to help me spiritually, or is this help me to be stronger in the flesh? Which is feeding what? And you'd be surprised how it affects the attitude that you have. And so he says there's certain things that we ought to be. Uh, one of the other things that you and I are supposed to be, we're supposed to be a vessel, a vessel that's fit for God to use. So he says there in uh, verse 20, in a great house, they're not only vessels of gold and of silver, but vessels of wood and of earth, some to honor, some to dishonor. Now, do you want to be a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor? You want to be a good soldier or a bad soldier? You want to be a good son or a bad son? A good wrestler, bad wrestler. A good husbandman, bad one. You want to be a good student of the Word of God or a poor one? You see, there's choices that we make. And then he says in verse 21, If a man therefore purge himself, so that's a personal responsibility, is something that you and I have to decide. It's not something God decides. It's what we decide. Just like winning people to the Lord or witnessing. That's a decision you and I can make. You see, we don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit to lead me to witness. I'm just waiting on the Holy Spirit to lead me to witness. So, Because I don't want to witness in the flesh. Huh. Don't that sound spiritual? I don't want to witness in the flesh, so I'm going to wait until the Holy Spirit leads me. No, we already have a command to witness to every person. You depend upon the Holy Spirit to lead you as you go and as you talk. But to go, to talk, that is a command. So you and I are supposed to depend upon the Holy Spirit to lead us as we go. But if you wait until the Holy Spirit tells you, okay, now I want you to go over there and witness to this one. Or if somebody asks me, I'll tell them. How long has it been since somebody come up to you and said, would you please tell me how to go to heaven? Would you please tell me? Now, you may have a few. But how many? So far, I maybe have had one or two. But that's only after I've, they've heard me speak someplace and I'm, So he makes a statement here in verse 21. If a man therefore purge himself from thee, he shall be a vessel unto honor. A vessel unto honor. So there's 
honorable vessels and there's dishonorable vessels. If you want to be a vessel of honor, he says, do this. And then he says, you shall be sanctified and meet or fit for the master to use. You know why God doesn't use some of his children? They're not fit to be used. They're not fit. And then he says here in verse 22, flee also youthful lust. Follow righteousness, faith, and charity, and peace with them. See those two words? You ought to underline that. With them that are doing the same thing. And then he says in verse 24, and here's another word, the word servant. You see, all these things tells you what kind of a servant you ought to be, but you ought to be a servant. You are to serve the Lord. And in serving the Lord, you have to serve people. I used to think, you know, serving God isn't bad. It's people I can't stand. If you try to figure out how to serve the Lord without serving people, try to figure it out. It's not that you can just go on the backside of some mountain someplace and it's just me and the Lord. Yet God doesn't want it to be just you and him. He said, I want you to go talk to him. I want you to talk to him. I want you to witness going to all the world, preach to God, every creature. God wants us to be with people. Come together. And so that's what the will of God says. And you see, if you don't learn how to do all of these things, remember the devil is going to try to pin you, trap you, and you're taken captive by him at his will. He can just manipulate you and trick you and deceive you, and you ain't got a chance. That's why he says down here in verse 25, he says, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. In other words, to fight against themselves. Get this. If, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth so that those people who don't know the truth, don't believe the truth, we're talking about mainly God's people, you're able to get them to see and understand and get God's people to serve the Lord. And then he says, and that they, get this, may recover, may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. In other words, the devil's got them pinned. And you want to learn the word of God that you can help people to get out of that hold. You see, there's, there's hold that people have when you wrestle and they try to get you where you can't move. And the devil does that with God's children. Now, I don't know if he's got you in some hold or not, but you know. There's things that you can't do. You can't do. Why? The devil has told you you can't do it and you believe the devil? Or do you believe God when he says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me? So it's a choice that we make, but be wise and understand. And the last part of it says, who are taken captive by him at his will. If you do not study the word of God and you do not clean up your life and become a vessel fit for the master to use, you will be an unclean vessel fit for the devil to use. And so instead of God using you, the devil will use you. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. 
It's all the bad things that we do. But God says that um, he loves us. He hates our sin. Because we committed the sin, we have to pay for it. And that is eternal separation from God. So since everybody sins, everybody's in the same boat. We're all condemned. We're all guilty. So there's nothing that a man can do to make himself pure, to make himself perfect. It's impossible. But heaven, see, heaven is perfect. God is perfect. To live forever with the Lord, you've got to be perfect. Well, where you aren't. So how are we going to get there? God says, um, your sins won't let you in. I can't let you in because of that. Plus, you've got a payment to make, and that's eternal separation from God in hell. So it don't look very good for us. God says it's impossible for a man to save himself. This hand representing Christ. God in the flesh came into the world because he loves us. Now, he hates what we do wrong because it separates us from him. So Jesus Christ took all the sin of all the world, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. And God said that if you and I, if we would believe that he did it for us, he would put the payment he made to our account, and we get to go to heaven on what he did. See, there's no tricks to that. There's no gimmicks to it. It's a gift. It's totally free. I trusted Christ as my Savior, and God gave me eternal life. When I explained this the other day at the funeral, even with the joke, there was about 10 or 12 that trusted Christ as Savior. Because, you see, there's, there's power in this message. And when they hear it, and you don't know where you're going to die, and you hear it for the first time, you mean I can go to heaven when I die? Mean that I don't have to promise anything, stop anything? Just like I am, I can accept Christ as my Savior, and he'll give me eternal life, and I get to go to heaven? That's true. You say, well, what if I do something wrong tomorrow? Huh, you will. It's paid. What if I do something really bad? It's paid. Is what if I do something right before I die? It's paid. How many of your sins did he pay for? All of them. They're all paid. There won't be one sin for you to pay for. You see, you say, you don't deserve it. I know. Nobody deserves it. That's why he says, by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Best news in all the world. Let's pray, shall we? Friend, if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you just talk to the Lord? See, you don't make a mistake this way. Only the true and living God can know what you're thinking. I don't know what you're thinking. I can't read your mind. But I do want you to trust the Lord. I want you to go to heaven when you die. So right now, if what I said made sense, you say, I want to go to heaven. And I believe Christ died on that cross and paid for my sins. And I'm going to trust him right now as my only hope of going to heaven. Friend, God said if you would believe that he did it for you, he would save you and give you eternal life, and you get to go to heaven on what Christ did for you. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, is there anyone at all say, yes, preacher, that made sense to me, and I'll trust Christ as my Savior this morning, and I'd like you to pray for me. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all? Just slip it up very quickly and put it right back down. Remember, there's no gimmick to it, no tricks. Over and done with when you make that decision. Anyone at all? Let's pray, shall we? Our Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us, for the study of your word. Bless each one in Christ's name. Amen.